and bend it out of the children. He loves us and therefore he's faithful. 
And uh, so tonight I want to talk about this a little bit. And uh, because if it's real, I remember how well it was real to me. And because it was real to me, uh, I was looking away, how can I experience this? Because, you know, doctrinally, we can all say, well, God's faithful. Anybody disagree with that? I don't think anybody probably disagrees. But how can we find out that God is faithful in reality? And I think that comes, I've ex or I found this, but I would, I would experience this to tr as, we, as I trusted God and continue to follow Him no matter the circumstances. If I put my trust in the fact that He is faithful, He loves me and He is faithful, and I continue to walk with Him on that basis, then I'll find the reality of His faithfulness. Not just the doctrine. I believe the doctrine. But finding the reality of it, that's another thing, to experience it in my own mind. And so, uh, uh, I want to read a few scriptures to you about the faithfulness of God to start with. Uh, and let me, let me just read these quickly. First, first John 1 John 1.9, most of us know this. If we confess our sins, uh, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. One of the first verses I learned as a Christian, as working, I, was, I was with the Navigators for a while, right after I was a Christian. They gave us five verses to learn, and this is one of them. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many have found that out so, not only when you first come to Christ, but after this? Just get honest and admit when you're wrong. Don't try to cover up, don't try to make excuses, don't try to blame somebody else. Just confess it. And what happens? You're cleansed. And you get a cleansed conscience. You're free. Because you honestly face the truth. Uh, another scripture. Uh, no temptation is taken you. Except what is common to mankind. And God. And God is faithful who will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when he, you are tempted. He also provides a way out. That you may be able to do it. How many found that so? Amen. Or maybe yeah. you didn't think so at the time. Well, I just can't take any more. And then you realize that God is faithful. And won't he never tests you about the tree of the I know God's brought the scripture to mind many times. I had a dream the other night, and I was going through all kinds of torture. I was watching people being tortured. I mean, they were terrible things. We heard, you've heard of waterboarding and other kinds of torture that been, and, and people uh, being hung upside down head first and, and, and all kinds of torture and as I was in this dream the only thing I could remember was in, as far as the Christian life is concerned that God will never test us above the grave of the bear God, we have that promise from God it says God is faithful mm -hmm. as far as his faithful so we can trust Him. No matter what we face in life, God never will allow us to be tested more than we can handle. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, it, we feel like we're getting pretty roughed up by certain people. How can I take any more of this? Well, walk with God. Just trust Him because you'll never be tested about your ego. And sometimes God will just give you special grace and just come to you. Sometimes you'll open a door and you'll step out of the temptation. Mm -hmm. However God handles it, but God's faithful. Yeah. 
another one. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23-24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our late Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. God will take you through as you trust him. You find him faithful as you trust. Yes. You trust in God now. And you're looking at him. And you'll find out he'll keep leading your life and working in you. That one day we can stand before God in our walk before God comes and you did a good job. Mm-hmm. You walk that way and want I wanted you to. First First Corinthians 1 8 is the similar scripture. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe God can keep us? Amen. And it says this, God is faithful who has called you into the fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord. God has called us to a relationship with Christ and God is faithful. What? God is faithful to keep us as we follow him will keep us and will be blameless in the day of the Lord. Praise God. Believe that can happen. That's what the scripture says. God is faithful to work in you what you Never thought could happen in your life. God can change you. God can work in you and bring forth what He wants in your life, and you're a greater testimony for Him. Hallelujah. Even as believe, you say, Well, I've been around long enough, I've grown some. Yeah, but God wants to do more. As long as you're here on the earth, the challenge is uh, that God is faithful to you, and He'll take you on further and further. Uh, years ago, I, a uh, number of years ago, four, five, six, seven, uh, the Lord, I, I was challenged in my heart, and I prayed to the Lord, Lord, I want to finish strong. Amen. That's what I was asking about. I want to finish strong. Uh, I don't want to die in a rest home, you know, stand, uh, looking at a TV set with a blank look. <laughs> I want to finish strong. And, and I sense God said, okay. <laughs> that which God has called us to do in this life. Amen. And uh, then one other scripture here before we go back to the uh, the uh, text that I was thinking about is, is in, in Psalm 32 verse 89. And this is wonderful because he's speaking here to the same person. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose iniquities are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not charge his sins against him. That's the Christian. When we come to Christ, we're justified, and God doesn't charge the sins against us anymore. I know you know, but he had a lot of rubbing to do with the blackboard to get rid of mine. But he'll never remember them against me anymore. He never will. And then he makes this promise to that person, these people, and this is what he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over. Now, this is a promise to you and me. As Christians, I will teach you, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. How many have, have desired and want to know the will of God for your life? Maybe pleaded with God sometimes. Folks, the scripture says God has made a promise to you and me that he will guide our lives. I will instruct you and teach you. It's a promise to believers. Every believer, I don't know how you may have just been saved yesterday. It's your promise. 
Now, he may have been saved 50 years. It's your promise that he'll guide your life in his will. He said, well, will you really guide me? We shake many wonder, am I going to be spiritual enough so he can guide me? God made the promise, and he didn't make any exceptions. He said, well, if you pray about it. Well, if you, uh, you know, keep uh, painting scriptures, scriptures, and you, you do certain things. No, I just said to the believer, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you go. And I will watch over. It says I will watch over. Personal, uh, he's watching over our lives and instructing us, teaching us all the way through. And so he says, don't be like the horse and mule. It has to have a bit in the bridle, put in his mouth and yank the bow. You know, be flexible with God. God leaves go. Yeah, but I don't like waiting. Go, go God's way. Go, do what God wants you to do. But I didn't expect it. Go with God. <laughs> because God has a plan for your life. And as Christians, we know in part and we prophesy in part, we speak in part. Uh, but uh, during the season of our life, during the season of time, we don't know everything. God knows exactly, and the Bible says that God's ways are perfect, and He leads our life as we follow Him, because He promised, and He is faithful to the promise, then He'll guide us in the perfect way. It may not be the way we chose initially, but it'll be the perfect way. Why? Because God is faithful. Not because we're faithful all the time, because God is faithful. And our faithfulness will form out of, flow out of the fact that he's faithful. We've made the object of our faith God. Okay, now, going with that in mind, I'd like to, I, I want to kind of journey a little bit tonight. Uh, if, you, if you hang on to this, we're going to take a journey, all right? And uh, a journey in my life. Hang in there, folks. <laughs> I'm not going to tell a story about <laughs> that has uh, uh, already been mentioned here today. But I want to share some things with you. you know? uh, so it's a journey. And uh, uh, back in uh, 1962, how many remember there used to be a date like that? <laughs> uh, how many weren't born? I haven't been born. You weren't born at that time. Quite a few of you. 1962, Teresa and I were in South Texas, uh, in Raymondville, Texas, for three months. And we'd been asked to come down there and kind of fill in for a pastor who wanted a break. Uh, and uh, so we went down there for three months. We were January through March. And it was one of the coldest times that ever happened down in the Rio Grande Valley. That's in South Texas. And, and, it, and it, you know, one or two nights get out to 12 degrees. And it froze the, the orange trees and the trees the crop, the very crops that were growing down there. It was a tough time for many of the people living down there. But uh, during that time, the Lord ministered to me in four different ways, and I want to share that with you. Uh, first of all, he, uh, I had an experience down there. Uh, and, uh, as I was reading through the scriptures, I came to John 21, and, and now we're talking about God's faithfulness. And I came to John 21, where Remember Peter and, and uh, six other apostles after the resurrection, they knew Jesus was raised from the dead, and they and, and but I, I think in their lives they didn't know quite what was going to happen. 
Because Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> and so he got the boat with the other brother. All of them said, okay, we'll go with you. Nobody quite knew what was going to happen. They knew Jesus was alive, but what, is, what, what does that mean? And uh, so uh, they fished all night. They couldn't catch anything. And finally, in the day, uh, Jesus stood on the shore. Most of us know the story. He's in John 21, about 30 years later. Uh, but he stood on the shore, and, and he called him. Have you caught any fish? No. Well, cast your uh, net on the other side of the fish. And they did. They got 153 fish, remember? And while they were uh, uh, pulling in the shore, all of a sudden, they got the end realized, well, that's Jesus. Peter jumped in the water, or, you know, leaped in the water and climbed to the shore, and they all pulled the fish in. Uh, and, uh, and then Jesus spoke to after dinner, after lunch, or excuse me, after breakfast, when he said to them, or said to Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Yeah. I was having an experience. It went on for about three days. And the Lord just was speaking to me. He says, do you love me, Dale, more than these? Meaning, the things of the world. You know, Peter, could go, he went back to fishing. He went, you know when you begin to backslide, you go back to what you know. Mm-hmm. Peter was a fisherman. I'm going to go fish. Now, nothing wrong with fishing in itself, but it's wrong if you're going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And so he asked him that three times, remembering. And so Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And three times, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Dale, you love me? Well, I want you to feed my sheep. And, uh, and I said, I'll do that. I mean, I was reacting. I felt the presence of God so wonderful. And and, uh, and it went on for two or three days. And so I, I made a commitment. Lord, I'll do it if you want me to. Sure. And uh, and he said, well, then follow me. Well, the follow-up part is the unusual part. So you have a wonderful experience. Maybe some of you had one tonight. Oh, wait, you're wonderful to in the presence of God. Yeah, you've got to follow it. See, Christianity is not just a, a going to meetings and having a nice time with Jesus for about an hour. It's following him. Mm-hmm. And why do we follow him? Because he's faithful. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly the way he wants to lead your life and my life. And to be open to that is the most important thing as far as I understand. Anyway, I, I made that commitment. It was such a wonderful time. Uh, it challenged me, and, and I said, Lord, I'll follow you. Uh, well, that's one of the things that happened. Uh, then, uh, I, uh, during the time, that three months, Teresa and I went up to uh, uh, Corpus Christi and for a meeting up there, and, that, and then at night we were going to drive back to Ravenville. Uh, we're with another party because I remember I was in the back seat and the this, uh, uh, somebody else was driving. I had my head back on uh, the uh, uh, back seat cushion and I, and I was just thinking, you know, just kind of quiet. And all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me. He said, Dale, some people have faith in their faith. Some people have faith in their works. But I want you to have faith in me. That really, I had to think that through exactly. Some people have faith in their faith. I remember Brother Glenn Ewing, who uh, 
pastor I had, and he, he used to say, when he'd go over to pray for people, then he'd talk about how much faith they had, and it always discouraged you. <laughs> they weren't looking at God, they were looking at their faith. Uh, and works, so many people are wrapped up only in their works. If they're doing good works, if, they're, if their life is centered, their ups and downs are based on their good works, yeah. what they're doing. But Jesus, the Lord said to me, I want you to have faith in me because I don't change. That's the essence of it. Because God loves us with perfect love and he's faithful to us. He'll be faithful to you when it doesn't seem to produce anything. You'll go through dry times in your life. But I'm all discouraged because I haven't seen this or that happen. Well, remember, God is faithful. He's bigger than your works. Be back. He may be taking you through that to try your faith if you'll put your faith in Him rather than your works. Amen. So it's so important to keep your eyes on the Lord, as as the apostle says in Hebrews. He said, uh, uh, "Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith." That's the NIV version. I like that the best. Fix your eyes. Don't glance at him occasionally. Mm -hmm. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher. Hallelujah. Amen. There's people here that are called to mission work. Some of these young people, man, they don't even know it yet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm expecting it. Amen. <laughs> please. The other the older missionaries say, please. <laughs> pastors years ago, and uh, they were telling the story about a group of Christians who had met down in the southern part of the United States, a group of denominational Christians, they were, and they were praying, and they were very intense, and they said, you know, something, we're God's last hope. You know, if we don't come through for God, the whole thing's going to fall apart. <laughs> somebody say that? I mean, God's back on his heels. <laughs> God's in real trouble. God's not in trouble. Read the end of the book. God's not in trouble. In fact, he gives everything that happens, God gives the opportunity for Satan to work. It was given to him 42, 42 months, it says in, the, uh, in Revelation. It was given to the beast 42 months. Who gave it to him? God gave it to him. Christ gave it to him. Because Christ has all power and authority in heaven and so God's in charge of things and God is faithful and he's going to bring and pass what he has promised to do because he has the power to do it but he also has the character the faithfulness and love to bring it to pass Amen. hallelujah Amen. well uh, that spoke to my heart Amen. then one Sunday I was, you know we were down there three months one Sunday I was, had been praying about the service and uh I should share on that Sunday, and I kept praying, and I couldn't get anything. I kept praying, praying, and I couldn't get anything, and, and uh, it just became Sunday morning, early, and I kept praying, and I still couldn't get anything. It, 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 I was trembling, you know. I just come into those things, you know, in the ministry in a short time. Teresa was glad we went down there because I got more than three services, <laughs> and uh, I get the phone. You move around, Teresa. Okay, <laughs> don't stay too long. Either. Uh, but the thing, the thing that happened is that uh, about a quarter to ten, the meeting started at ten, 
and I was praying. I, I was really upset. You know, I was disturbed on the inside. What am I going to say? I, I you say, well, just open the Bible. Yeah, but that isn't the way. I don't. I want to know what I'm going to say. I want to feel like God gave me something. And all of a sudden, at a quarter to ten, all of a sudden these scriptures begin to roll down on top of me. And and uh, and I could, I hardly had time to write them down before the ten o'clock. <laughs> And I wrote them all down, and I ministered. You know what the title of it? The Faithfulness of God. Amen. God was showing me through this circumstance that he's faithful. Amen. You may wait till the last minute, <laughs> but that's his prerogative, you see. He's God. He can do those things if he wants to. We're followers. We're not running the show. And says, we're not running it. God's running it. God's in charge, and he's going to win. Amen. He's going to bring to pass all that he promised to do. In the end, we're going to have a new heavens and a new earth where he builds righteousness. Yeah. It's going to come. It'll come. Hallelujah. But until then, we're walking in an incomplete uh, a, a, a world that's sinful. The Bible says the world is dying. It's dying. And yet we're here, alive in Christ, to still call people from this dying world into a life that lasts forever. That's our calling. And so, God spoke, you know, just ministered. I found out God really is faithful. It was a doctrine before. Now I, I saw it happen. See, that's what I mean by keep following and trusting because you follow and you trust to see God work. You say, well, He really is faithful. It's not just a doctrine, but it's the reality of God, the working of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And finally, uh, uh, as we near the end of our time in, in Raymondville, uh, people were talking to us about maybe extending our stay, maybe we should stay a while, and so forth. And so, uh, you know, we were praying about here tonight. We never did get guidance. I mean, we didn't, I wasn't sure we ought to stay or leave, stay or leave, stay. And, and, you know, just back and forth. They like, couldn't get any assurance about it. And so I said, oh, look. We had to make a decision, so we'll just stay. And so I went to the, uh, the little place. I had a, one of these old-fashioned typewriters, you know. That was back in those days, so the old-fashioned typewriter. And I was going to type a letter to a friend of mine and tell him to stay. As soon as I started to put my hand on the keys, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not staying, you're, I mean, you're not, yeah, you're not staying, you're leaving. It's just clear that <laughs> I'm talking about all my weaknesses. <laughs> Sorry, folks. You had a picture of me. You may have had it the wrong way. You know? But I found out that God, God was real. And, and he, if I make a bad decision, He'll help me. That's part of being faithful to Him. Say, well, I don't even really want to know that I made a bad decision. I've already let it out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> but God is faithful because why? we're looking to Him. We're trusting Him yeah. with our life. We're trusting Him. Yeah. We have our confidence in Him. You're going to guide and lead me in my life. God wants us to go that way. Well, that, you know, the, the, uh, this journey that I've been on for uh, quite a number of years now, uh, I was born again in 19.
sure I was in or not, you see. He said, well, I didn't have any faith. Well, all I knew was I did what they told me to do, but nothing hit me, like this other guy. So I was waiting for it. I know something had happened like that. It didn't happen that way for me. And it doesn't always happen the same way everyone's life. But if you keep following, the best you know how. I was going to some meetings. And I, even in the meetings, I sometimes the, the uh, chaplain would ask people to pray. And I'd always be thinking, so he wouldn't pick on me. I'd know how to pray. So I was in bad shape. You can see how bad a shape I was in. <laughs> And uh, so, but during that, right after that, during that season, uh, we went up to meet, meet uh, Ken and myself, we went up to some missionaries. When we got up there, uh, they had been put out of the navigator because they had spoken in tongues. And there was a group up there. And uh, I don't know if you, some of you remember George Boston. He was the guy. And I, I was talking to him, I said, George? Which group am I supposed to join? <laughs> I mean, there's all these kind of groups, and, and I don't know which one to join. Which one's the right one? <laughs> and he, you know, Jordan's the worst. Oh, I'm wait a minute. Maybe he, he didn't say anything about it. He just, he just says, he says, Dale, he handed me this card. He says, I, he says, I hear God is really moving in this church. When you get back to, to the States, why don't you go down here?
air voice at the air base. He said, how do you pull this off? <laughs> I said, well, I just put in for it. It happens. I went down there to be the best man in the wedding. And the guy that I wrote back from California with, uh, he, was he got married while I was still in the service. And so I went out to that. And the mission conference, the, the, the April, the spring conference, and I'm going to go to that. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was down in the conference. Two, three days later, I got a call from Eden, Oklahoma. 
Ken Sporre, some of you remember Ken, some of you know, old time Ken Sporre, he, he was having some meetings at home up there. He said, Dale, uh, uh, we're having some meetings up here, and the Lord's moving to these meetings. People get healed, and things are happening. And, and he wants to pay people. And the Lord's just really ministered me, wants to start a work here. And, and your name keeps coming. Uh, yeah. Well, I prayed three days before if you, if, Lord, if you open the door, I'll walk through it. The door swung open, and I was scared to death. <laughs> God took me up on it. Uh, I remember it. I was busy. I've never done start up work. I've had some Bible studies. I've start up work. And, and uh, uh, so I went in and uh, one of the uh, brothers there at the church, Robert Ewing, uh, he was the son of the pastor, a real godly man, maybe you know him. Uh, I went to talk to Robert. I said, Robert, you know, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, this is what I feel. And, and you know, he didn't try to pump me up. That was, and I thought that was the best thing that ever happened. He really had a lot of wisdom. He didn't say, come on, now you can do it, you can do it, come on, you can yeah, trust God, you can do it. He, you know what he talked about? He said, he began to tell me all the weaknesses he had in his life. <laughs> and how God helped him. And I went out actually encouraged that he talked about his weaknesses. <laughs> See, we, we can relate to people's weaknesses more than we can mm -hmm. to their strengths because most of us feel we don't have the strength. You start talking about strength, yeah. we're, we're disqualified, more or less. When you start about weaknesses, yeah, I can relate to that. And, and it really ministered to me. God knew I needed that kind of ministry because Teresa and I went up there. We started having meetings in Enid. And we were living in an upstairs apartment, garage apartment, and we were having just home meetings all over, you know, just opened up to us. Uh, out the airbase, a couple opened up there. The, uh, the chaplain tried to stop me from having a meeting, stop me at the game, wow. called me into his office and talked to me. And, uh, and so I went over and talked to the guy that invited me in. He was a lieutenant colonel, and the chaplain told me a major. So he said, let me talk to him. <laughs> 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 and I had no problem there. God, right? He needs a lot of service without the airbase. But these meetings are going on. And, and, uh, but I, you know, I, we, were, we didn't know how long. It was. I mean, the work was supposed to, you know, the idea was to start a work. But how did they start a work? I mean, I was having these meetings. And, People were getting blessed. They were coming back. We were teaching, ministering, praying for people. People were being touched and things like that. But uh, uh, so Teresa and I, we went down to the spring conference. We went up there in January, and in April they had a spring conference in Waco. Well, we went down to Waco that time. At the end of the on Monday morning, after the four-day conference was over, well, all the, all the young couples that had come to the meetings late, they had prayer for them group of men who prayed for them at that time. And I remember a brother named Costa Deer. Uh, we had there four or five people praying and, he's, and he, they had their hands laid on, on us and he said, I don't know where you folks live, but the word E-N-I-D keeps coming. <laughs> <laughs> and this
the word of the Lord to you. Stay there till I move. And we were thinking, well, maybe we'll be moving any time, you know. And we didn't. Uh, we, we, we did stay there, but we, you know, that more or less settled the fact that God really wants us here. And uh, things progressed, and, uh, and the work started there, and the work is still going. And uh, still being fruitful. Uh, I believe it's going to be more fruitful in the days ahead because God's doing some good things there. Uh, so, uh, let me put my second page. I'm almost through. So stay with me. Uh, when we, we left California, uh, we had, uh, we just packed up things, where all we had was. We rented, Teresa uh, uh, and I rented uh, apartments out there that were furnished. We didn't have any furniture. We just stacked things in the back of the back seat, the back end of the car, and took off. Well, when we got there and got us an apartment right before their small convention conference, they had four days. And we got there, and uh, uh, after we rented the apartment, we had $250. And I thought, I thought, and in, in that time, uh, there's kind of a status in, in one sense that uh, to live by faith was to not work. <laughs> not have a regular job, I mean. That was kind of a status. I mean, that was the idea that was kind of around. You really trusted God in you. Know, you're in the ministry, which is, you know, work, job. And but I said, you know, I thought about it, I said, Lord, I don't mind working. I mean, if the Apostle Paul, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm certainly not in his category. Uh, I certainly can work. And the Lord spoke to me four times. This is four times he spoke to me. He said, I didn't call you to quit your job out there at work here. I don't want you to get a job. Now, Lord, wait a minute. I'll do it. I mean, I'm not like this. I don't think I, it's too big. You know, it's, it's, it's too terrible to have a job, <laughs> you know, and, and I kind of argued with him and speak to the secretary four times, he said it to me, and you know, uh, we never, in those days, Brother Ewing, Brother Benning Ewing was strong on, uh, don't tell anybody your needs, uh, he never even tell you there's an offering box on the back of the church, you know, you just, you had to find it, <laughs> and uh, he's a real man, and he always acted the conferences, he said, well, I just Everybody knows that the, all the bills are paid. <laughs> the conference is over where the bills are paid and we go on with God. You know? uh, but uh, so the Lord started sending, you know, we get offerings from people. We never could, we wouldn't tell them. We were following his example. We tell anybody. They thought they might tell we had $10,000, $20,000. We had $250,000, and that started dwindling really quick. Uh, and uh, but we went. We, uh, we did that, and uh, just we just we just kept looking to the Lord. You know? He said not to do it. See? Now, see, so now it's one thing to say, I'm going to do this myself. Another thing for the Lord to tell you. That. Yes, right. Yes, right. And he didn't, this is what he said to me four times. And so uh, uh, we have money taped to our steering wheel, our car uh, at times. Wow. And, no, and nobody knew we needed money except the Lord. You know? and, and he 
supplied all of our needs. It's amazing. Why? God's faithful. It's God. And he asked me to walk this way with him. And I was walking, not perfectly, scared sometimes, wondering how it's going to work out. I've never done this before, but he supplied uh, in our needs. Uh, when we built the church building in Enid, uh, years after that, uh, just the Lord spoke four times again. He had really has to work on me, see if I can possible situation. Uh, he spoke to me four times and said, I want you to build the church building here. And uh, the Lord, we don't have the money. We knew we did have the money, of course. And, uh, and so we, uh, uh, with a little bit we did have, we laid the foundation in the, in the uh, summer and fall of 75, 1975. And, uh, uh, and when we got through with it, we had 52 cents in the building fund. That was the foundation. <laughs> 52 cents. And so that winter was real cold. We didn't work in anything out on that foundation. It was too cold to need in the winter. <laughs> so you know, we were waiting till the spring. And uh, there's a couple of brothers from uh, Britain, from England, came by. And we walked across the foundation. I was telling them what was happening and building this. He said, they said, well, do you have the money? And I said, no, but I have the promise of God. <laughs> he said, well, that's all you need. <laughs> Who needs money when you have the promise? <laughs> because God can do things all different kinds of ways. And so by the time spring came, we were able to start. We had $2,000 and we never ran out until we finished after that. And when we finished the building, we were dead free. One lady, one man came to Teresa one day and said to him, you're never have to uh, do a bond, you know, raise bond, you know, sell bonds and you get the money, promise them you'll pay them back. And we never did that. We said, well, the Lord told us to do it. And he paid for it. Uh, he came in and, and when we finished, uh, it was completely paid for it. We thank the Lord for that. But again, God's able to guide us and direct us. Yes. He promised to do it. And what I, I'd like to emphasize the Spirit of God has been given to every believer to lead and guide your life. Mm -hmm. right. You know, the, the teachings of Jesus in the 14th, 15th, and 16th chapters of John are pretty clear about the presence of the Spirit, what He's going to do. He's going to take the things of Christ and show them. He's going to show us things to come. He's going to, he's going to do different. It's real. It's not a doctrinal position. Oh, it's real. God wants to guide all of our lives. <coughs> say, well, I'm not in the ministry. You're a child of God, and the promise to guide you is for everyone who's had their sins forgiven. Yeah. Everyone. You're qualified because your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God, and God wants to guide your life, and he can speak to you. He may not speak just like he did to me. That's not the point. The point is he'll make it clear, mm -hmm. and he'll work it out. You can trust him. If he tells you to watch out some way, and it's confirmed, and I always be confirmation to the elders, that kind of thing. I'm not talking about wild individualism. I'm talking about knowing the will of God. But it's hard. It seems like when you hear the voice of God to do something, many times there's immediately some kind of an obstacle. Yeah. Zachariah and Elizabeth. The angel says, you're, you're going to have a son. Uh, Zachariah, first thing, he pops up. What do you mean? We're too old. <laughs> is, is anything too hard for 
be the mother of the Son of God. And she said, how can this be? I don't have a husband. And he, and he explains, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And that thing born of you should be called the Son of God. Yes. But the obstacles pop up, you know. Well, how can it happen? Because this is here. Well, that's the obstacle. It's a challenge. The God made the promise. God made the promise to guide us. God made the promise to supply our needs. I'll watch over you. That's right. I'll lead you and take care of you. That's not just wild talk. That's the that's what God says. Yes. God says it. Does not mean anything that God has said it? It certainly does. And 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 I'm testifying only that show you a weak person, a big person. Kind of starting off from nothing, God has led and guided and directed in such a way that in some things even he's brought glory to God. Hallelujah. So that's that's the wonderful just encouragement. I, and just a couple other things now. Um, I remember one time Patrice and I were going to visit this lady who was we were afraid for her for the baptism of the filling of the Spirit. We went over, and on our way over there, uh, I was talking to Teresa, and I said to her, you know, you know this gal, she's a real intellectual. It's probably, you know, we're going to, you know, she, she's going to be a hard one to get through, you know, and pray, you know, pray with, to be filled with the Spirit. So we got over there, and we knelt down and began to pray, and uh, we prayed, nothing, you know, we laid hands on, encouraged her, and all that you do when you pray for someone. And, and we, uh, uh, nothing would happen. Uh, and so uh, after probably 15, 20 minutes, the phone rang. She got up to answer the phone. We were over in her house. And after uh, uh, she, she, she was answering the phone, uh, we, I talked to her. I said, man, this is What are we going to do? And uh, so we decided to pray. And we started praying. And the Lord dismissed. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. You said it's going to be hard. You got a hard case. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at her, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, that's right, Lord. You know, and I asked God to forgive me for that. And then she came back and, uh, uh, and we, she knelt down again. We started praying for 30 seconds. She was speaking in I'm telling you that because God knows how to help us. Yes. You know, yeah. And if we're faltering some or you know, getting turned aside, He'll help us. I'm confessing everything today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, over in Japan a year ago, uh, when I first became a Christian, I get discouraged a lot because I read scriptures like, Be holy for I am holy. And when I read that, I didn't know it. I just read it and said, be holy, and I knew I wasn't very holy. And uh, I get discouraged, and I read it, I said, my mom did. But so despondent, and twice the Lord spoke to me. And he said, this is all he said, and it came from within, not from outside. It came from inside me. I heard it, and he said, but you have Jesus. Thinking about 
what I have done. But twice he did that, and I honestly, as I look back at it, what a wonderful God to encourage me because he made the promise that he'd watch over me and teach me the way that I should go. And he ministered to me when I had a need. That's the way God is. He's not mad at you. He's not down He knows all of your weaknesses. He, in fact, he knows the ones that you don't know about. That's right. Amen. <laughs> and he wants to help us in all these things. And, and he wants us to trust him because he has promised to have his way and fulfill his plan in our life. Do you know the Bible says that uh, we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works and God has yeah. He's already planned it out before the beginning of the world that Dale Barnes and you put your name in there that God already has a plan. God is not wringing his hands in heaven what he's going to do with you. Right. He's not worried. God doesn't worry. <laughs> uh, he's a great God. And he chose you uh, in Christ and he called you and he gave you a purpose before the world began. Amen. And what is our part? To trust him because he is faithful. That's why I say that the faithfulness of God is an enticing thing. It entices us. The faithful God is speaking to us. He wants to keep encouraging us. Praise God. So God has called us to, to, uh, uh, to leading as leaders by following. What is God saying to I just want to encourage you about uh, your prayer life. Expect God to speak to you. You don't make him do it, but just open yourself up. Uh, and, and God can minister to you, and God can maybe Again, I think, especially in the United States, because we've got so much Christianity that's it's kind of compromised Christianity. You know, you may be a real Christian, but it stops there. Well, I got saved back in you know, so and so time, and, and I'm just kind of staying out of trouble. <laughs> don't do anything real wrong. Don't commit adultery. Don't, you know, if you say don't murder anybody. Uh, and, uh, and just try to live a fairly good life and wait for Jesus to come, or you're going to die one day. It'll be with you. Well, that's not the truth. The truth is, God's got a plan. And everyone's specific plan, He wants you to run. And the Bible tells us, Jesus gives that parable. In Matthew 25, he says, Blessed are those who are doing God's will when it comes. Amen. Well, how do you find out God's will? Open yourself up to it. Yeah. Be doing what God wants you to do. It doesn't have to be a big thing. I remember a little uh, chorus we used to sing. I sing once in a while, too. Little as much as God is in you, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. It's not how big you are. The Lord commended people that did small things. The lady who anointed him for his burial, you know. He commended her. He said, Ever in the world that the gospel's preached, it's going to mention her. And it is. It's mentioned everywhere. And all she did was pour some precious ointment. She wasted something precious on Jesus. Let's waste our life on him. Amen. Really. I think it's 
feeling our through the feeling our way through the the the, the, the fear and the wondering and all the things that we face. But we always go back to the basic. I can trust him because he loves me and he's faithful. I'm trusting God. I'm not trusting my faith. I'm not trusting my works. I'm going to trust Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And God, my Father. I'm going to trust Him. Uh, faithfulness, God, is a enticing thing. And uh, uh, something the Lord has been ministering to me just uh, just recently is now to look forward and don't look back. Uh, you know, you get up my age, you think, well, you're just waiting to die. I'm not waiting to die. I'm going to finish what God wants me to do. Now, if that just takes six more months, okay. <laughs> or if it takes a few years, that's okay. But I want to finish what he's given me to do. And it's not finished until I leave this life. So coasting in is an option. Giving ourselves to God and seeking God and just walk, trusting Him, not struggling, trusting and letting God lead your life because He promised to do it. Psalm, uh, Psalms 32, uh, 8, I just quoted a minute ago. So let's look ahead. You, you turn back and look back, you may have opportunity to go back. That's what the scripture says. If you look back too much. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We don't go back. Israel, is a, that first generation of Israelites, they wanted, they decided to go back. They kicked Moses out, Aaron out, and yep. choose a new leader to go back. God says, you're not going back, but I tell you, you're not going into the land either. Amen. We don't want to miss the eternal reward, the glories of the kingdom that's come, because we didn't just walk with God. Right. It's a calling we have. There's a, uh, I'll close with this. Uh, following where he leads is through difficulties and, you know, trials. There's always trials and tests. Teresa and I have been going through, we are going through a you know, difficult time. Uh, but let me say this. It's so wonderful to be comforted by the Spirit. Uh, uh, we've been, one time in prayer, months ago when we were praying about things and guidance and God's help in our own physically and guiding our life. All of a sudden I had a vision and that's only that's the only two visions I've, I've had these two visions just recently. The last within the last year I'd say. And and but the first one was this. I saw Teresa Myself and Jesus. And we're all going through this thing together. Mm -hmm. You see, sometimes in our desire to see people help, we condemn them because they don't get out of something. Now, uh, we used to say, I mean, that's a big thing that used to go around years ago. Uh, if you don't get healed, you're either sinning or you're in the faith. That's a, that's a lot. That's not the truth. That's right. There's a partial thing. You, I know there's passiveness in the Christian life. But I know there's trials people go through. And God calls them to go through the trials. How about Mark?
sick before he died, and he died, and the, and the two sisters had to go through a, a number of a days there waiting for Jesus to come back, and they were mourning and crying why they lost their brother. That was a trial. And yet God chose to take him through that to bring glory to God because God, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. We don't know what God will do and we just keep walking with it. Even though it's going through a trial. The other thing the Lord uh, uh, ministered to me is, uh, uh, is a flash. It's just a flash vision. And, and this is what I saw. I saw it. Teresa and I were together in a uh, field of flowers, and I had her on the hand. And you, I didn't think I knew it was me, but, but I was looking at her, and she had on a red uh, skirt and a white blouse, and and the, and, uh, and we were dancing through this field, and in the way. Well, I don't think God. I don't think the devil showed that to me. <laughs> because they encouraged me in God. <laughs> why, would, why did the Lord do that? Because the comforter is with us. And he, sometimes when we're going through trial, God doesn't take us out, but he comforts us longer. That's why he has part of his ministry. Have you ever been comforted by God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the trial isn't over, but the comfort comes to me. I tell you, we have a great God. And he's promised all these exceeding, like Peter said, exceeding great and precious promises that we might be a partaker of the divine nature. Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you stand up? You gotta watch out for these long-winded preachers. Uh, but uh, I'd like to first uh, uh, just take a moment now and, and uh, close our eyes and just look to God. And Paul, after he talked about the mercy of God for the Gentiles and the and the Jews, he said, "Brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God, because God is merciful, because He's gracious." To present your body as a living sacrifice. Amen. We're not presenting God our body so we can get something from Him. We present the bodies to Him to use the way He wants to. Our lives the way He wants to. Put ourselves in God's hands. And then be willing to follow. Trust Him enough because He's promised to meet Him in the best way. So, uh, I'm going to pray a prayer. When you pray, I ask you to commit yourself fresh to the Lord. I don't know what God has ahead for each one of you, but God knows, and He's faithful. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord, for your word that's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the examples we see in the scriptures of men and women who followed the Lord, and you used them in wonderful ways, but others went through difficulties and hardships because they wouldn't compromise their testimony. Father, help us, God. And Lord, this, this evening we just present ourselves afresh to you. Uh, some of us have more time left than others. Some have more spectacular, maybe, callings than others do. 
But Lord, help us to finish the work that you've given us to do. Jesus said, Father, I have glorified you by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Lord, we can glorify you by finishing what you want us to do. And help us to do that. Whatever that, whatever way that takes, and whatever it is that you call us to. It is little or big in the eyes of men. But Lord, we just present ourselves to you tonight. In Jesus' name. We thank you for taking it, Lord, as an offering from us. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.